This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The NFL Draft is right around the corner, guys. It's going to be here before we know it. End of April is when the draft gets going. Always a very exciting time. The best draft of any sport, without a question, right? I mean, that's not even debatable. Yeah, I mean, you're maybe, not going to throw anything maybe else Maybe the there. NBA draft, no, but not, not even NBA close, draft. right? No, not even close. Because there's players that we just recognize a lot more in college football mm-hmm. because college football is bigger than college basketball. I think I'm fair to say that, right? Yeah. and no, I, no objections? Well, I just also think that the size of the NFL draft takes a big part of that, too. I mean, there's only two rounds in the True. NBA draft, and I've never once followed the MLB draft or the NHL draft except there's for— There's too many rounds in those drafts. Yeah, exactly. But there's seven rounds in an NFL draft. The Steelers have nine picks throughout those seven rounds. So what we're going to do on this episode is we're going to work our way through the draft, and we're not necessarily going to do a mock draft and pick players each time, but— as we stop along on each pick, we're going to decide which position group we would take there. The Steelers have a lot of potential to fill out some depth on this roster in this draft with those nine picks. So let's start doing it right now with the number 24 overall pick, the first round pick. And if you guys listen to this podcast, and I hope you do, you know how I lean on this. Running back, running back, running back. I think that's the way that they should go in this first round. Uh, Travis Etienne or Najee Harris, whichever one is left over, you take him. If it's Najee Harris, he is the one that you want over both of them. Uh, I know there's a sentiment for Javante Williams, and you guys might outvote me to take a lineman in the first round, and you get him in the second or third round, but I just think the playmakers are going to be gone in the first round. Uh, I know there's some mock drafts out there that have Harris dropping to the late second round. I just don't see that happening. I think as they get closer and closer to the draft, NFL teams are going to be high on Najee Harris. So both Etienne or Harris would be my vote. You got to take a running back in that first round slot. Yeah, that's the way I lean too. But again, that's all predicated on if either one of those two guys right. are there. If they're not, it's a different conversation. I think I'm comfortable saying at least one will be there. Yeah, I mean, I really am. Matt and Dale on the drive love Devontae Williams out of North Carolina. Javante Williams. Javante yeah. Williams out of North Carolina. Even even if Harris and ETN are still that available, they like, still go with no. him. Listen, it feels like a risk to me because they've tried that with Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland the past couple of seasons. And Jalen Samuels for that matter. You don't Taking think that running back a little better than what Samuels and... Well, not really Samuels, but McFarlane and Benny were at Kentucky and Maryland. Uh, the North Carolina offense was very strong this year. Uh, maybe they, they were they were better. a top ten team at one point. Maybe a little bit better, but he's just not talked about in the same breath as Harris and yeah Etienne. I'm I just, mean, outside of the drive, Matt and apparently. Dale are very high on him. I mean, it's not that I'm not. I think those two love it because it's such a value pick. Maybe because you more take often it, than it's not, savvy. You know, they've done it. They've done it. A good amount of mock drafts so far since the offseason began. More often than not, I see them picking Javante Williams with that first pick. I in mean, the first round. In the first round. Wow, that's a reach. No, that's you really, can't do that. No. You no, have to wait until the do. second or no, third round they and pick do. him. Yeah, no I mean, way. that's you, bad. Here's the that's thing, bad too. bad GMing right there. <laughs> here's the thing, too. All this hype that's, that's talked about uh, Williams, like Matt and Dale aren't the only ones in the world that are talking about this guy. Like, sure. I think he is a, a popular, as Tom said, a popular value pick. And I think if your mindset is, especially in the first round, like if if um, if you're looking at a running back, right, and one of the top two guys are there, that's who you got to take. 
Um, but the problem is if you're thinking to yourself, if you're the Steelers, and I'm putting myself in the Steelers' shoes here, if your thought process is, yeah, we could take one of these two guys, but Williams might be there at 55, that's the problem is the word might. He might not be there at 55 too, and then you're really screwed, and then you don't get a running back until, I don't know, pick you know whatever in the third round or in the fourth round. And then, like Tom, you were just saying, then you're in a situation where you're drafting a guy like Benny Snell. You're drafting a Jalen Samuels. You're drafting, drafting a McFarland. Um, I'm not saying that Williams won't work or that he's you know not going to be there at the 55th pick when the Steelers draft in the second round. But, again, it's a big maybe. I think he's going to get picked earlier in the second round than mm-hmm. people are expecting him to. Um, he's not going to be there late in the second round. He's not going to be there when the Steelers pick. So if one of those top two running backs are there at one, that's the way you got to go. You can't you can't draft based on, oh, well, we think this guy will be here in the next round because then if he's not, then your whole draft is screwed. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think we're all on the same page when it comes to taking this running back in the first round. However, if our, guy, our guys, Etienne or Harris, aren't there, I mean – then Kellen kind of does screw up a planet yeah, in a different it way. It does. In a different way. So you guys vote running back that on the first round? Or yeah. Just, I know Kellen does. Jacob, you're on that yeah. train too. It just, so it, it just really screws up your plan. If Do you want to do like two quick versions of this where we ha- we're forced to take an offensive lineman if one of our two running backs aren't there? Maybe after we go through this we'll round see if, if we, we have, have time. time. Okay. We'll see if we have time. I mean, relax over there. Okay. okay. I mean, geez, can we get through one first? I mean, gosh. I dream what? about mock drafts, man. I, I do them in my sleep. So we got a running back, so that's taken care of. Now we move on to the second-round pick, number 55. Now this is going to be interesting because there's tackles that I think will be available, and you should take a tackle at 55 no matter what happens with Filer. And if you missed our earlier episode on the Steelers Standard talking about bringing back Filer in the offensive line, Make sure you subscribe and download to that at Apple, Spotify, or get it at Steelers.com and take a listen to it. But if you bring back Filer, I still think you should take a tackle in the second round because I think the center class is just so deep, not deep, excuse me, so thin that Creed Humphreys, one of the top guys, and Landon Dickerson might not be there when you're picking at 55. Landon Dickerson might be. But I go with the tackle there. Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame, uh, Dylan Radnitz out of North Dakota State, Alex Leatherwood, if he falls a little bit. Those are some of the names you could get. He went to Alabama. Uh, I just think that you get a center in the third round, which we'll get to here soon, and you take a tackle here in the second round. Personally, I think the the second and third rounds are kind of interchangeable, and this is all operating under best-case scenario, Who's and this available. is what, what we want, right? Um, if, if we are the Steelers in this situation – I think second and third, you can talk me into either way, um, but I do think it needs to be an offensive lineman. Um, and, and again, this is all predicated on, too, what happens in free agency. If the Steelers right. bring in Matt Filer, um, then all of a sudden maybe you don't need a tackle right away. Maybe you can wait down the road and get somebody there. Um, or if you bring in a free agent center, you can kick down getting a center. You can you can wait a little while. Um, this is all predicated on that. So, um, you know, I don't really have a preference by position in the second or third round because – um, you know, it's all predicated on what you do with the team. Um, so I would be okay with a center or, or a tackle there. Um, and hopefully it's a guy, regardless of what position it is, um, on the offensive line that can come in right away and can help you right away 
because that's what you need with those types of picks. What if a tackle's gone? What if a center, it's too early for any of the centers left? But there's some guards that e- have Even fallen. at 55, you think it's too early for... Well, you're saying if, like, Humphreys and... Those guys are those gone. Those guys yeah. are gone, okay. And then it's a little early for the next round of centers that would go off the board. You could get those in the third round. If there's a guard that's fallen, and Maybe. the tackles are gone too, like a Jalen Mayfield's gone, would you think about pulling the trigger on a guard in hopes to converting him to center? Maybe. I mean, I don't... That's not far-fetched. No. The thing about centers is that there's so few and far between that are actually first-round or early-second-round worthy. So when when they all go off, you don't want to just risk taking a a center who is easily going to be there later on just because you need him then. I think it's... It's very easy and it's very common to see guards be transformed or transitioned into center. So I have no problem with that, but that's that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's, you know, I, I don't know if that's the way that you go into the draft thinking. But if, you know, if, as we said, you know, a draft is, you know, you don't exactly get all the things that you want and picks don't go the way that you want them. So um, if there's a situation like that, I mean, I could see that happening. Um, a position that popped into my head, if, if all of these – um, positions aren't there, and especially again, this depends on what the Steelers do in, in free agency and cap cuts. I would think about a cornerback even then, um, in the if, second round. It, I mean, if all of the you know you don't have a center that that you don't want to reach for, there you know if it's too far of a reach for a center, if it's too far of a reach for a tackle, I mean, I I would think about it. There's um, a nice run on cornerbacks right around the 55. Yeah, rank, I mean, I would think about it just because of the lack of depth. There's about four guys that should be there. Yeah, I mean, and then lack of depth. And, and then it if, drops off until the 100s. So right, and if a guy— You either take one there or you have to wait till the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, and if a guy gets hurt, all of a sudden, hey, we had this guy waiting in the wings and it ends up working out. I'm not saying that in the second round, yeah, take a corner, but, you know, if you know if all those guys aren't there and there's, there's a too big of a reach for somebody and there's a corner sitting there, it is a position of need. Maybe not this year, but definitely in the years coming, so— um, that's just a position to think about, just a different option there. But, um, you know, I wouldn't mind taking a guard and maybe trying to transition him into a center because if the whole center thing doesn't pan out too, I mean, who knows how long DeCastro is going to be there. If he takes another regression, uh, I'm not saying he's going to, but if he does, all of a sudden, well, there's our guard for the future. So is it safe to assume, though, I like that corner thinking right there, and that's it's definitely attractive. But let's go. We're working through this best case scenario. Best case, you take tackle center, center tackle. We could yeah, say that sure. depending yeah. on who's available yeah, yeah, for yeah. the second and the third round picks. We're both, all three of us are yeah. in agreement there. So you make that pick, then you move into the fourth round where the Steelers have two picks. They're towards the end, middle, and the end of the fourth round. However. But that's a chance now for you to fill out that depth. And, Kellen, that is where I would go into the cornerbacks because there are some that might be there uh, late in the fourth round, at the end of the fourth round pick, that I think will be attractive. But I think it might be a little too early when you pick at 128 with your first fourth round pick to take a corner. So after you get to those two linemen in the running back, what do you guys see as that position that you would really kick the tires on? Because unfortunately also the tight ends, they kind of fall off a cliff too. It's a little too early to pick them there. I don't know if the Steelers looking to maybe trade out of that position group, or do you just go back in and take another tackle, another center, another guard? 
again, this is where they kind of get stuck. Maybe like Jacob suggested before, you take a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, that's a position that, that you can definitely take in like the third round. I mean, I'd, like, I, I'd like to amend that. I, I like Kellens rather the corner rather than the receiver at yeah, this but, point. If we're if we're going down our options, I agreed, think, but I think the corners that are gonna be here since we're here in the fourth round, they're gonna be there as well in the next pick. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where they fall as far as their rank is concerned. Okay. So I'm just saying wait for corner at one forty one. At 128, since you don't want to reach on any of those corners okay. that are available, what do you do? I, that's I'm stuck. Yeah, no, that's it's fair. I mean, you're you're in you're in uncharted waters there at that point. I think wide receivers are going to be there that fall because it's just such yeah, a deep. It class. always happens. And and I feel more comfortable with wide receivers later on with Kevin Colbert making the calls than I do with taking random cornerbacks later on. He's much better at at finding wide receivers later on than he is at corners. Plus, so. Ben, you know, gets a little upset because Juju left. Hey, I'll use his early pick as possible on a wide receiver. And look, I'm even picking a wide receiver before I pick the cornerback. I put a priority on your weapons than the defense's weapons. You know, yeah. make your quarterback a little happy, too. Quarterbacks always are going to like you picking a running back, two linemen, and a wide receiver with your first four mm. picks. And I think that's fair, and, and I think that wide receiver is a position that they could go. Um, but once you get into, like, the fourth or, you know, even – I, I don't know if it starts in the fourth. Once you probably get around the fifth round, you got to start thinking best available. And I think in, even in some cases in the fourth round, that's kind of what you're thinking. Um, and, and if there's, you know, say a, an inside linebacker that, that's sitting there, if you don't like sure. any, anything else that's there, or if it's too far of a reach, um, and there's a guy that you really like that you you know thought maybe should have been a second round pick. That's Charles sitting there. Snowden from Virginia, Tony Fields from West Virginia. They're ranked right around that yeah. 128 mark. So I mean, those are guys that could definitely be on the board. And Monty Rice, if he falls out of Georgia, he's ranked right around that range too. So yeah, Kellen, I I like that a lot actually. It's I, mean, I think my vote would actually be inside linebacker over I, wide receiver. I don't know if personally. You, I don't know if you could really go wrong either way just because I mean we are talking about a fourth round pick and do they always pan out no. Um but it's it's a position where you got to look at where you hurting depth wise I think and it's a guy that could play, a guy that could make an impact. Um and we've already covered corner um, and that's kind of the first one that pops to my head in, in a depth um, in a depth situation for the Steelers defense. The second one that would pop in my head from depth on the defense is linebacker. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I threw that out there. Um, but again, once we get past the fourth round, I think it's kind of where do you see holes in your team and who's the best available at those holes. I think that's kind of where you go from this point out. But I think you could make that same argument in the fourth round if you don't like a lot of the talent that's there. So what do you guys want to I vote for an inside linebacker. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Because I just want to get some more depth there as far as an inside linebacker is concerned. Is there anyone, is there any name that you think that could be sitting there in the fourth round that the Steelers could take interest in? Yeah, I like the Tony Fields Mm -hmm. from West Virginia. Snowden, really, just when you get to that point, it's taking the best available. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Monty Rice from Georgia, too, could be right there at 128. So uh, I think that there's some options at inside linebacker. And. They need a lot of depth at that position because even if they do bring back Vince Williams or don't make him a cap casually this year, you're not really bringing him back. He's already under contract. but He's not going to be here long. I don't think he'd be there a year after. So right. you already got to look for that replacement. So And you need somebody to look in the fourth round, and you need somebody to replace special team time for Alex Highsmith. Sure, and, and on uh, that wasn't even where I was going, but that's a great point. And on top of that, you're going to need somebody to hopefully at one point um, you know, 
take over Robert Spillane's spot because nobody really thought that Spillane was going to be the starter if, you know, if all things don't uh, come out right with, with Vince Williams. And then um, if he's a cap casualty, all of a sudden Spillane is the number one. Um, hopefully you get a guy that, you know, is equal to or, or better than Spillane. I'm not saying that a fourth round pick is guaranteed to do that. But it's just you never really thought that that Robert Spillane was going to be you know your third inside linebacker, even right. your second yeah, inside here linebacker. Here we are and talking yeah. about it, and it's kind of put us into the position that we're talking about right now. And so I think that's that's the foregone conclusion for for this round, right? Do we want to move on? And then in the pick one forty one corner, right? Yeah, take the corner, and sure. there's a lot of guys that could be there at corner. Trill Williams from Syracuse. Robert Rochel from Central Arkansas, Rodarius Williams from Oklahoma State, Paulson Adebo, all of those guys could be available when the Steelers pick in the fourth round with their second pick at number 141 at the end of the fourth round. So you get a corner, you get an inside linebacker. We have really started to fill out a lot of the depth spots, mm -hmm. uh, and these are guys that you really do expect to make the team when you're picking them in the fourth round or higher. The Steelers do not have a pick in the fifth round, so they move all the way to the sixth round where mm -hmm. they have two picks, number 217 and number 225. Now you start to get to the guys yes. that you're picking them. They don't really have a great shot at making the team. Sure, they can surprise you. Uh, right here at number 217 is where I think about taking my tight end. Yeah, it's and fair. There's guys from Briley Moore from Kansas State. Uh, Carrie Angeline from NC State, Kylan Granson from SMU, Noah Gray from Duke. Those guys are all, you know, in the range 211 to 230, where you could pick them at 217 and talk yourself into that. So I would take one of those tight ends. You need, even if you do bring back Eric Ebron, you need tight ends yeah. if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't have a lot of depth at that position. So I go tight end here with number 217. Uh, I go back to the offense after taking two defensive picks when they last picked with their two picks in the fourth round. Yeah, I hear Start you. Start the sixth round off with the tight end. And again, at this point, it's pretty much where where's your biggest hole and who's the best available to fill it, or it's just best available. And if that's tight end, that's tight end. I'm cool with that. Um, and the big thing, you know, we, we've talked about tight end a lot is that you don't have uh, really any depth there. Yeah, you have Ebron, and I think he's going to have to be – uh, a Steeler next year because of the fact that you don't really have anybody else. There's you don't no have, else, you have anything. no other option um, and you really don't have a backup. I mean, I would be cool, you know, say if Kevin Rader is, you know, the number three tight end, but I'm not comfortable yet with him being the number two. So even if you draft a tight end late, this doesn't solve the issue of um, who's going to be the number two tight end, because I don't think that number two tight ends even on the roster um, at this point. I mean, it might have to be Gentry and, Raider to kind of be a, a tandem to do it to fill that that gap but don't think that because we're taking tight end here and what are we the sixth round or whatever first pick of two in the sixth round right don't think that this is the answer to solve the tight end problem behind mm -hmm. Eric Ebron, Ebron because it's not it could set off a little fire though under under Ebron maybe say kind of like how we've talked about with Rudolph bringing in Dwayne Haskins it's a getting, special teams player too getting back Josh Dobbs you know you kind of just make him say I'm not a hundred percent comfortable it's not 100 percent my position you just say like hey there is someone else here that could win out that position if if you really continue these drops or he shows a little bit of promise in camp 
And really quick too, Tom, I like that you brought up special teams. Um, that's something that late in a draft is, is so important. Like, can this guy help us in specials? Right. Um, and, and I think that's something to to look at. I mean, heck, you look at Kevin Rader last year. Um, I think he may, is making the team this year solely because he can play special teams. And, oh, by the way, in a pinch, he can play a little tight end too. Um, that's something that you have to look out for. And I think that's something that sets – these guys late in the draft apart, did they play specials in college? Can they play specials at the at the NFL level? That's huge when you're looking, especially late in the draft. So are you okay with taking the tight ends? Yeah, or I'm fine with that. objections yeah, there? With uh, the first pick in the sixth round. Now at 225, okay. with the last uh, pick of the Steelers' sixth round, uh, second to last pick of the sixth round overall, Wide receivers still out there that you probably need to take. Edge rushers still out there that you probably need to take. Defensive tackle, I could be talked into. You went offense with a tight end, maybe you go edge or DT. But I don't know. You can be taught. You guys can talk me into wide receiver if you want. We haven't taken one yet in this little mock draft, and that's definitely a position they got to invest in. There's two more picks in the seventh round, but those guys have a real long shot of making the team. Are you more comfortable, I guess, with a sixth-round pick at edge making the team or a sixth-round pick at wide receiver making the team and contributing? It's a tough question. Um, I mean, at this point, uh, you know, I'm not even saying that the the fifth-round selection w- would make the team. You right. know what I mean? So this is kind these of— These are so, like, whatever. So these yeah, last yeah. this is solely best available. And if it's a, a wide receiver that you like, sure. If it's so a, let's let's po- just go wide receiver. Let's pose it this way. Sure. One wide receiver, oh, there's three picks left, one in the sixth and then two more in the seventh. One of them's a wide receiver, one yes. of them's an edge rusher, and one of them's a defensive tackle. I don't care how you do it. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I don't care what rounds it is. I would say maybe, maybe, and you guys can totally call me out if you think I'm wrong, but maybe just say the wide receiver goes in that first, that last pick of the sixth round. Just because I feel okay, like... Okay, I like that. No, let's. I like that, and then honestly... Do the edge rusher in the seventh. Forget the D tackle. Take another offensive lineman in the seventh too. Mm. Just get another body there. On what the made line. you think that instead of? I just you know that defensive line is still such a strength. It's for the solid, Steelers. but it's one it's injury thin, away. It's, it's one injury away. Yeah, from... but they'll be fine. One and the guy away, and the guy they, they take him. in the seventh round is not. It's not going to be the yeah. guy to replace him. They yeah, got, I'm cool with. They already another. have guys that they take in last in right. prior seven rounds. Carlos Davis that can right. be the guy to take. Him, I'm so. cool with wide receiver, edge, O lineman. Is that how we want to round this out? I do. I do. Yeah, I that's like cool. That. So now you look at you make all your nine picks as the Steelers. You got a running back. You got three offensive linemen. That's huge. Uh, two of which in the top three rounds with a tackle and a center. So those are guys that could come in and contribute right away. Immediately, yeah. Then you got an inside linebacker and a cornerback in the fourth round. So that helps because you're thin at those positions. Say Joe Hayden does walk, you bring back Hilton Sutton. Now all of a sudden you have a rookie who slides in behind Justin Lane, and Steven Nelson is your top dog now. There's some depth there. Who knows how good that depth right. is, but yeah. there is some depth there. Uh, same with the inside linebackers. You can let Avery Williamson go. Uh, you bring back Vince Williams for one last year. You got Bush and Williams. You got Spillane, and then you got this rookie who is a fourth-round pick, and, hey, maybe halfway through the season he's ready to supplant Spillane as the first right. guy off the bench whenever those guys get injured or need a blow. Then you got your tight end. Uh, then you round it out with an edge and – uh, a wide receiver, and like I said, you already have that offensive tackle. So very clear that the Steelers have an opportunity here to address a lot of position groups with nine picks, and they have a chance 
to get some real depth, which is something that they're lacking, and cheap depth with a lot of potential, which is always the best kind of thing you can hope for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have, you know, nine picks, so wouldn't be surprised if they trade some away to move back or trade some away to move up in this draft to try to get guys that they really have high grades on. Yeah, it's I a mean, lot of picks. Nine it picks. is a lot of picks, and and hopefully, you know, the Steelers make the most of them and. And like you said, you want to find guys that not only are going to fill holes, but also have a ton of upside and, and can help your team in a variety of different ways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, is this exactly how the Steelers are going to draft? Is this the way they have to draft if they want to be competitive? No, um, but it just gives you a good idea of some holes that need to be filled um, and the priorities in which they need to be filled and the order in which they need to be filled. Yeah. That's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Thank you for listening to us on Steelers Nation Radio or for checking out the podcast at Steelers.com. If you haven't downloaded and subscribed to the podcast, do so. Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's Steelers Standard. On our next episode, we're going to take a look around the NFL a little bit. Which out of two Texas teams is really screwing up their quarterback situation the most? And we'll dive into some other NFL headlines as well. That's on the next episode of Steelers Standard with Jacob Brett Kalingerski. And I'm Tom Opperman. Thank you so much for listening.